0: Mind Your Farm Business
1: on RealAgriculture.com is brought to you by RBC Royal Bank. Welcome to the Mind Your Farm Business podcast brought to you by RBC Royal Bank. I'm Sean Haney, founder of RealAgriculture.com and host of Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. You can find more episodes of this podcast by going to MindYourFarmBusiness.com. Today's topic on the Mind Your Farm Business podcast is all about farm business succession. All of you know that this is such a difficult process that involves many factors involving emotion, money, and legacy. This complicated equation of succession can end in tragic fashion if you ignore best practices and follow the illusion that somehow, some way, your farm is different. Today we're going to talk to speaker and author Tom Deans. Tom travels across the continent assisting entrepreneurs and steering through the succession process. Tom believes that all options should be on the table, and there are common practices that should be avoided at all costs. I have had the fortunate experience of spending time with Tom and hearing his great message to audiences. He is one of the top speakers on business succession, so I know you are going to find our conversation today valuable. Let's proceed and get minding our farm business. Tom, how are you doing today? Sean, fantastic. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to chat with you here on the Mind Your Farm Business Podcast. Tom, I know that you travel across North America talking to business owners, not just farmers, business owners, about succession planning. This is a challenging, challenging topic for not only farmers, but all entrepreneurs.
0: You know, I, I think I would go one step further, Sean, and I would actually say it, it's such a, it sounds like such a sad subject, right? Succession planning. It sounds like someone's retiring, someone's dying, someone's getting old. It feels morose. It feels dark. And it's really emblematic of why so few business owners do this. And really what I've been trying to do, not just in North America, but in 26 countries, I've been trying to change the conversation, switch the channel and say, no, business succession planning can be an Awesome moment in a business owner's life where they actually feel some calm and peace and resolution, the fact that they've done something that so few farmers actually do, and that is get out in front of this issue and transition your farm in a calm, super calm, easy, rational way. (laughs)
1: Do do you think one of the challenges that we we tend to look at this as if like there's like a a succession in terms of the throne, like in terms of from a monarchy standpoint, like the new king is uh, instead of it being actually looked upon as like a transition?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I would say of all the industries from car dealers to funeral directors, I mean, you name it, the industry that I've spoken to. Nothing is more complex and emotional than farming. I mean, their business is under their nails, right? The dirt is under their nails, they 're living on their business. their business is in their living room. they can't get away from it. It is all mixed up. family and business is mixed up into one beautiful cocktail that is can be so explosive if they don't kind of separate that and get the, get out in front of it, as I said so I, I just think really what I 'm trying to do is take that emotion out of it and say look it's a business you've got to you got an income statement there is no dishonor in 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 exploring whether or not you don't have a buyer in the business in the house there's no shame for a farmer not passing on their business to their to the next generation it is listen if henry ford's father implored him to be a farmer because that's what henry ford's father was a farmer we'd never have the ford motor company there is no shame in not passing a business on to the next generation it 's a big part of my message
1: yeah does a lot of that do you think a lot of that that feeling from the farmer 's perspective is the the legacy component and, and the emotional right. tie to the land and the and the livestock and just the historical nature of of the whole family farming operation
0: a one hundred percent in in farming more than any other industry no question that sense that If we don't pass this on to the next generation, the whole community will look at us as a failed family, a failed family farm. And what I try to say is, are you kidding me? I mean, passing a business on to a reluctant next gen, a a, a reluctant next gen who's got passions who lie somewhere else. Maybe they want to be a dentist. I don't know, play professional hockey. It doesn't matter. One of the great gifts that we can give, which is way more important than what our neighbors think of us, is that gift to go off and explore and be the people we were meant to be with the freedom and the approval of our parents. That, those are extraordinary gifts.
1: Yeah, but Tom, we also see situations where somebody does want to farm. But they They have the capacity to do so they they want to be in the business. they've been you know they they may even be uh, tragically like fifty five years old and still kind of sitting there waiting on the sidelines to be actually a, a true partner in in the in the operation. what What about those Love scenarios that. where people just can't seem to allow that next generation to to become part of the business?
0: I, I love it. And I, I, it's a really great point that you raised. So, so the first thing I've talked about was just what I just said, which is it's crazy to pass on a business, a farming operation, to someone who's reluctant. The flip side is what happens when you've got someone, as you said, who is super keen, super ready, prepared, and yet they have a parent now in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s waiting for their parents to finally have the conversation around how those shares are going to transition I mean, that's equally tragic when silence continues to destroy that family from the inside out. So part of my call to action is, I mean, the 12 questions in my book, that's all it's trying to do is start a conversation to find out whether or not you have a real authentic buyer in the house, a family member who loved that business enough to risk their own capital to buy it at full market value. That's it.
1: Okay, let's actually talk about some of those calls to action and and starting that conversation. But you you just said something that really, really caught my attention. At full full market value, how how is that possible?
0: By starting the conversation early and having it often. So if you said, I mean, there's an old expression, right? You can eat a cow one burger at a time. So when you say this coming in their fifties, okay, uh, Larry, you need to cough up uh forty million now and buy the farm, all in one swoop. Like of course you can't do that. But when families start to have this conversation early and test the waters around the question of ownership, when they say to an eighteen year old young farmer, Listen, do you do you want to take some of your compensation and return it back to me in exchange for some shares? I mean, that's when you can buy that business one percent at a time and then use perhaps the dividend stream from the ownership to to reinvest and buy more shares. I mean, do the math, as you get larger shareholdings, the dividends become larger. It exponentially grows and you become in a great financial position. It's also great to demonstrate to lenders, hey, I've been buying and risking capital and buying shares in my parents' business for twenty five years. Do I want to be an owner? Do I want to have voting control? You bet. I mean, look at my history. Look at my commitment to this farming operation. Do you see how different that conversation is as opposed to, as I said, come up with all the dough all in one fell swoop because someone's died?
1: Yeah. It, you it, want
0: to buy out your brothers and sisters?
1: Yeah, and it also, it also speaks to one of the challenges of making, you know, pay yourself first. Make sure you're paying fair market value then at the same time, which is another challenge uh, on on the farm for sure. You can see how establishing that early skin in the game, so to speak, really has obviously succession benefits, but it probably has some really good management development aspects to it, too.
0: Oh, listen, when young farmers have equity, when the performance of the business is dependent you know, on their, their, their future financial success. Watch, watch how all in those young farmers get when they're not just working for a paycheck, they're working for the ownership. I mean, bang on. You're, we're going we're to create a different class of professional young farmer, one that thinks and acts like an owner, as opposed to the farmer who's sitting waiting for their parent to die because they're left with the impression that that's the only time and place and condition under which ownership will change hands. Hmm. I mean, think of how twisted that is, where young farmers who clearly love their parents and really, truly appreciate the opportunity they've been given by their parents, and yet they know that the only way that they can fully mature as a business owner is to wait for their parents to die. Do you see the conflict in that?
1: It's a little bit morbid, <laughs> It's not, and not exactly how I think uh, most younger generation people want to look at their parents uh, from from that aspect.
0: I don't think they do, and I think the conundrum is they don't know how to start the conversation with their parents, because to do so, it kind of looks like they're grabbing for something before maybe it's, it's they're due to receive the ownership. And parents don't know how to open up the conversation because they feel like they're going to open up a can of worms and, and create all sorts of tension between brothers and sisters. In fact, the opposite is true. It's the silence that grinds on the, on, on the family relationship, particularly between siblings. Child on the farm, child off the farm, child off the farm think, believes that child on the farm is going to get the farm for free. They're going to get screwed over. That's what they're thinking because the family's not talking about it. So they're making assumptions. And in many cases, those assumptions are incorrect, but that's what people do when they're left wallowing in the silence around how those shares will transition
1: yeah, and if there's a younger generation that's been on the farm and you know they've been they've been going you know going through all these different production years, and it's made very clearly that you know one day you know they, they want to take over the farm, and if they get to the age of fifty and the older generation is still using the excuse, I just don't think they're ready. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> that, that, like that We've got a training problem then. Oh, absolutely. The reality is the
0: senior generation often thinks that when they relinquish control of the voting shares, when they relinquish control of the farm, that they somehow have to stop working, that they have to stop farming. But you see what they're doing? They're, they're, they're mixing up employment income from ownership. There's many cases, and I've seen it, where there's really fantastic communication in the family, where the senior generation actually sells their shares slowly but surely, control shifts to the next generation in a timely, non-chaotic non-cha- way, and the senior generation keeps hopping on the tractor and still working as a farmer because they love it. It doesn't mean they have to stop working. So this, And this, of course, happens in reverse. In the junior generation, a lot of people think... You know, I, I'm just going to have to keep working until, as I said, someone dies. And often, the senior generation is is paying below market wages to the to the junior generation. And of course, and you've heard it, and I've seen it. I've been seen it firsthand. When someone finally gathers the courage to complain about their below market wages to their parent, you know what they hear from their parents? Relax. Take a deep breath. Don't worry. One day all this will be yours. And you see what just happened there? They mixed up equity with, with employment income. They're two separate things. They're two separate things, and they get mixed up. Only do they get mixed up and, uh, in family businesses. I mean, if the listeners to this podcast all quit their farming jobs and went and worked for Cola, they wouldn't walk through the doors of Coca-Cola and think they own the joint. They're, they're trading their time for money. That's employment income. But on the farm, oh, no. We're trading our, our time for employment income and some maybe future consideration of ownership, but we don't really know how much that's worth or when it's going to go down. And you see how emotionally fraught these farming operations be- can become, especially when parents live into their 80s and 90s?
1: Yeah, well, that, and that time isn't necessarily like – you're not waiting out like a year. It could be three decades. That that That's the craziness of it. And, you know
0: uh, – of course, layered on top of that is this just staggeringly alarming figure that half of all farmers over the age of 18 don't have a will. So, so in many cases where there have been verbal promises, that and $2 will get you a cup of coffee <laughs> if you're the next generation owner and there's nothing on paper and your parents die and you got two brothers and sisters off the farm. Guess what? The laws of Alberta, Manitoba, B.C., wherever you're farming, they have a formula for chopping up that farm along with the canoe and the barbecue. And guess what? You're farming with your brothers and sisters. And guess what they want really quickly when the last parent dies? I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's not humorous. And it's
0: not. And it's not. And then the kids off the farm want the cash. Where did cash come from, right? We all know that farmers are asset rich and cash flow poor. So where are the <laughs> so what do they gotta do? They gotta have a distress sale on the on the real estate to pay off their brothers and sisters. I mean, this movie is getting old. It's so old. I mean, the really smart families are, are understanding that unless they get out in front of this and work with a good advisor and have good conversations and and write their wills and share their govern their, their documents and have good governance inside the family and bring transparency to the family finances. It's it's going to go down the same old way. It's always gone down, and it's troubling. It's really sad to watch it happen. Conversely, conversely, and this is seldom reported. There are families that are are working and having annual family meetings and having lots of conversations, and and. But we're not reading about it. Who wants to read the story about the family farm that all the members of the family on the farm and off the farm meet together and they really work on the communication? They really bring open dialogue to how the farm will trend. Who wants to read that that story? That's just boring. We want to we want to sip on our coffee and nibble on our toast and read about the tragedy in the communities about how this family is litigating and fighting and lawyering up and and it's just
1: it's got it it's got to end. It's just got to end. We'll get right back to my conversation with Tom Deans, but first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Mind Your Farm Business is brought to you by RBC Royal Bank. In many farm families, the older generation is thinking about life after farming, while the younger generation is excited for the future and poised to take the reins. Our people have the expertise to help all parties prepare for succession and put their plans in motion. Your farm's legacy and its future is too important to leave to chance. Go to rbc.com slash agriculture to find an egg specialist near you. Yeah, you know, Tom, in, in some of these deals, the the lawyer or the accountant, they're they're the ones that, that win because it, it can be so easy to drag this whole thing out.
0: Well listen, I don't want to pick on the lawyers because, you know, I, I wrote a book called Willing Wisdom that's trying to, to implore Canadians to write wills. I mean, I'm, I mean I, I'm keeping the lawyers busy, but man, I have a hard time defending a profession that spends zero money educating, promoting the idea of the importance of writing a will. When's the last time you, you passed a billboard that said, you know, here's why you should have a will, you know, them, contact our law firm, we, you know, we write wills, we'll help you with your state. They've just walked away from it. They've just walked away from estate planning. You drive by billboards and see, you know, personal injury uh, ads all the time, but nothing for estate planning, and it's so disheartening. I mean, the cynic in me would say that maybe lawyers are making way more money litigating, winding families up, fighting each other over estates than they do writing five hundred thousand dollar, two thousand dollar wills. Hmm. I mean, that would be a really cynical, cynical observation.
1: To avoid some of these tragic moments that you've seen i've seen experienced and what a lot of our audience is is probably very familiar with how how do you do you have a recommendation on how off farm family members should be should be dealt with and because i I just think that issue that dynamic is really one of the dynamics that really can throw it into a tailspin if not handled proper properly what is your feelings on it
0: I've seen uh, family farming operations who have annual family meetings, and in those family meetings, they, they transition. They actually make living gifts of cash. They can be modest, but non- nevertheless, they, start to, they don't hoard their wealth to the very end and then die at age 88 and then transition $30 million, $3 million to the kids. They actually start to transition very, very modest sums to all the kids, equal amounts with lots of transparency. And then they go and they do one more thing. They say to the kids in the family meeting, do you want to return that cash that we just gave you in exchange for shares at full market value? And there's no right or wrong answer. If you don't want a farm, take the cash and buy buy a car or invest in a business that you're passionate about. Watch the money, follow the money. The money never lies. If the child on the farm takes that money, And buy shares they're committed that's an owner if they take that money and they i don't know buy a half-ton truck they, they may love farming but they're not an owner why wouldn't you want to explore that as a as a senior farmer as a senior generation farmer why wouldn't you want to explore that early and often but you see what we're doing we're actually trying to get that farm into the hands of one branch of the family using the family money it feels like you're recycling money a little bit but really it's crucial and most families skip that step consequently what they do is they don't have the conversation and then they die and then the shares transition maybe to the one child on the farm and then of course you know what happens the kids off the farm lose their mind that someone got you know an outrageous amount of money or value and they got you know as they would say screwed over and so they lawyer up and it's and it's not it's not that's not how we build great families or great farms so getting the getting the farm into one branch of the family is really really what I'm trying to do is by starting those conversations
1: yeah it really is ironic that we if, you know most older generations on the farm if you ask them you know what are you doing this for they would say, well it's about my kids it's about the legacy you know it's about the it's about our family our family farm business and so that that's fine but at the same time the decision And some of the actions on succession that need to happen, those decisions get punted, even those conversations get punted, even past their own death, which essentially, like guarantees or increases the probability significantly that that farm will never live past another generation. There's some real irony there.
0: There is. There is. And, and, and heartbreaking, right? It's heartbreaking. I I remember I was doing an event in Iowa, um, and after the speech, I was signing books, and this enormous man, he was like 6'4", and I'm sitting down, and he's just hovering over top of me, and I said, uh, he handed me the book to sign, and I said, hey, I hope you enjoyed my speech, and he said, actually, I didn't. Um, I am really upset with your message, and I don't know why, and I suppose I should thank you for that, but I've got a lot of work to do and he was welling up, this giant of man shakes my hand, crushes it, and he says, I'm the oldest boy. I didn't really want a farm, but my father was, it, it received the farm from his father. And he says, I think what's most heartbreaking about your message is, I have compelled my son to continue to farm, and I know he doesn't want to farm either. I think we're three generations of farmers, reluctant farmers, who that's all we know and that's all we think we can be. And your message is really hard to hear. And I'm like, dude, thank you for sharing that. That's all I'm trying, I don't have all the answers. I've got 12 questions in my book, I have no answers. But if I can help one family find out what they're really meant to do on this earth, and it may, and it may be farming. Isn't that great? Or it may not be. Isn't that great too?
1: Powerful stuff. Tom Deans, hey, man, I really appreciate you joining me here on the Mind Your Farm Business Podcast. And I can't wait to the next time we chat.
0: Thanks, Sean. And hey, I'll update your will.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Get those wills updated, everybody. Don't miss out on that. What was this? Hey, Tom, what was the stat again? How many Canadians do not have a will?
0: 12.5 million Canadian adults. It's
1: just a race. Think about the value of those assets that are up for grabs that could end up in the hands of somebody that you don't intend to have Have those assets. Crazy stuff. Tom, thanks a lot. John, my pleasure. No matter who you talk to about succession planning, if you don't approach the challenge properly, you're going to end up with no farm, no land, broken dreams, and a legacy that ends tragically. Be a good statistic. Be a family farm business that succeeds in succession by listening to some of the things that Tom Deans just told us. I particularly like the idea of making young people have skin in the game, so to speak, earlier instead of when they just turn 50. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. If you have any feedback, please email me at shaney at realagriculture.com. Or call the Real Ag Listener line at 855-776-6147. I would love to hear your stories, comments, or questions on this topic of building and executing a successful succession plan. What has worked for you and what has not? You can find more episodes of Mind Your Farm Business at mindyourfarmbusiness.com. Thanks to RBC Royal Bank. And until next time, keep on minding your farm business.